Hey friends, and welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host and resident picky gamer, Dustin, and I'm joined by my good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Yo, yo. Get it? Yo, yo? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Come so on. Dumb. No, we're not starting yo-yo jokes five seconds into the podcast. We've, oh, got, yeah. we've got plenty of time for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't string you along. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, no. Moving on to our other uh, friend here, the infrequent gamer, Alex. Uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiastic for the yo-yo jokes. I He's disappointed already. <laughs> disappointed already. That's the theme of our podcast. All right, guys. Well, great to talk with you. Hope you all and everyone listening is staying safe and healthy. In this episode today, we're going to cover the action-adventure game Star Tropics. It was released in 1990 for the NES, and Nintendo has included the game in their virtual consoles, the NES Classic, and the Switch Online. Uh, so it's widely available to play nowadays, but that wasn't always the case, especially for one certain country you might not expect. And uh, Zach will talk more about that coming up. Yep. What else will we talk about today? Well, Zach will take us through the history of the game, then we'll hear about memories of the game from our community and from this group, and compare them with our experiences revisiting Star Tropics all these years later. We'll then have our hashtag Beat Retro Game Guys competition to see if any of our listeners can beat our scores, and we'll wrap with our monthly gift card giveaway, where one listener will win a $25 gift card for their favorite console, just like last month's winner, Philip A. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's move on to some podcast updates. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we put out our quick play episode on Keystone Capers. You mean Gary Kitchen's Keystone Capers. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll start that again. <laughs> uh, <good>. so, <laughs> so if you haven't heard the episode, Alex got a little <laughs> obsessed with how Gary Kitchen likes to put his name on his yeah, games. A little bit. It's yeah, a little little Gary bit. Kitchen's games. We, we were still <laughs> waiting for the official count of Gary Kitchen mentions from the, uh, from right. the archivist. Don't um, forget it. So in that Keystone Capers episode, we mentioned how Gary Kitchen and Pitfall programmer David Crane were about to unveil a new project. They have since announced that they have collaborated on a new Atari game called Circus Convoy. Uh, it went on sale earlier this month at audacitygames.com, and more titles are planned, including one from Gary's brother, programmer Dan Kitchen. I wonder if he'll Whoa. put his name on that. Um, so yeah, two legends of the Atari scene doing homebrew games now. Um, I heard one guy call it a pro bruise, which I guess makes a lot of <laughs> yeah, sense, right? I guess cool. so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we ordered our copy of Circus Convoy. Uh, in fact, Gary Kitchen Circus Convoy. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, in fact, we scored copy number sixteen. That's right. Uh, so yeah, you can go to audacitygames.com, like I mentioned, if you want to get one for yourself. Uh, and Zach, you also have an update here about Keystone Capers, right? Yes, I do. So uh, right after we recorded our Keystone Capers episode, I finally reached that milestone score of 35,000 points. Uh, yeah, so I got there, uh, which back in the day would have earned me an Activision iron-on patch and a congratulatory letter from entering the uh, Billy Club. Of course, <laughs> I can't earn the patch now, but I still will consider myself a part of the Billy Club, I guess. Uh, and the man himself, Gary Kitchen, uh, did like my high score post on Twitter. So I'll go ahead and take that as validation. Dude, that's rad, go. right? That's yep. so cool. Yep, yep. Uh, yes, so uh, I, I actually saw a couple of Billy Cub patches on eBay, and I was thinking, hey, maybe I'll repeat and get you one like I did for our Pitfall episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe get you a Billy Cub patch for the game room. But, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're going for like 80 bucks. Uh, love you, buddy, but wow. uh, no. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit rich for my blood, so. Yeah, it's a bit much, <laughs> but... Uh, but if it said Gary Kitchen's Billy Club, oh, maybe we would be worth it we just to get one for that. Alex, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I want a t-shirt that says Gary Kitchen's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm excited about playing this Circus Convoy game. I'm excited that we got, you know, we got one of the VIP copies, which comes Woo-hoo. with like yeah. a, a convoy truck and a bunch of other goodies. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I saw copies are also now shipping, so we should have ours soon. Yay. Order that. Cool. And uh, that's well, the update. All right. Thank you, Zach. Last note from me before we get into Star Tropics. Be sure to follow at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You'll find us there talking about retro gaming with people around the world. And now back to Zach to give us a quick history and interesting facts about Star Tropics. Gary Kitchen, Star Tropics. <sighs> no, oh, God. Dustin, uh, the joy of Zoom is that we can actually mute Alex. Here we go. Here we go. I got, I got control. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Star Tropics is an action-adventure slash RPG game for the NES, uh, developed by Nintendo and released on December 1st, 1990 in North America. And a version came out also in Europe two years later in August of 1992. But uh, surprisingly, as uh, Dustin alluded to earlier, um, and unlike most of the games we cover on this podcast, this game never came out in Japan. Right. Um, and that could have been by design as Star Tropics is just packed with references to American sports, <laughs> movies, and culture. I'm sure you guys noticed those. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> your, your player's a baseball player. Your, your, you know, your guy's a baseball player. Every island, strangely enough, ends with the word cola. Who thought that was like, okay, what do we, we're doing America. So every island has, yeah, it's all well, over the place. The alternative names were gulp. Coral gulp. <laughs> oh, those were trademarked. Excuse yeah. me. Oh, okay. You could do that. And there's like one of the codes is what 1492. Yeah. Yeah. Four, a, yeah. Yeah. There's a part where it plays what my country tis of thee when you finish a level or something. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of odd and absurd and quirky, yeah. but yeah. Laying it on thick. Right. Well, Star Tropics was a first party game developed by Nintendo Integrated Research and Development Division. That's a mouthful. Uh, mm. Formerly known as Nintendo R&D3. That's much better. Uh, this department was headed up by a legendary name at Nintendo, uh, Genyo Takeda. Yeah. Now, Mr. Takeda was Nintendo's very first game designer. Uh, he created the Punch-Out! franchise. He was also instrumental in the Wii's success. And he was the guy yeah. that basically said, let's let's stop trying to out-horsepower other consoles. Yep. And focus on like gaming for everybody, which was a, a pretty... Uh, successful and <laughs> lucrative uh, decisions by Nintendo. Right. Um, and he even served as Nintendo's interim president along with Shigeru Miyamoto after uh, Satoru Iwata's untimely passing in uh, 2015. So yeah, it's a uh, pretty big deal. Yeah, there's a, there, I mean, there's a lots of other things you can mention about him. Those, those are great. Uh, one other I, I'd bring in too is he also he also gets the credit for the uh, design of the innovative analog controller for the Nintendo 64. I mean, this guy huh. had his fingers in a lot of the different hardware decisions they made, yep. and he also designed video games. I mean, just just a, a legend of the game that we've only mentioned very briefly uh, in, it was, in this uh, podcast before. I think Donkey Kong it yeah, might have been. Um, but I just want to make sure we call out, like, this guy is, I mean, we talk about Shigeru Miyamoto all the time, but Takeda is uh, is also just a, a Nintendo legend. Well, and Nintendo hmm. gets a lot of, there's a lot of focus on Nintendo's successes in software, but you're right. Like, the hardware was, you know, it's hugely innovative. Like, there was even, <laughs> I saw this article the other day talking about how, like, you can think, you know, Genyu Takeda for being able to save your game because, like, he, you know, <laughs> R&D... Right. Three also worked on like the battery save for those early NES games like Zelda. And oh stuff. my God. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and Star Tropics had battery save. So there you go. For, for some of us. And we'll mention that again. Yes, later. I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> probably saved a lot in this game. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, Genyo Takeda produced, directed, and wrote Star Tropics and Star Tropics 2, which we'll talk about later. Uh, it kind of seems that Star Tropics was like some sort of passion project for him. Yeah. 
So, yeah. uh, and helping uh, bring Mr. Takeda's vision to life was Masato Hatakiyama, who handled programming duties. And he was, I think, uh, according to the credits, was the only programmer. So the guy did a bang up job. There you go. Well, in Star Tropics, you play the role of 15-year-old ace pitcher Mike Jones from Seattle, Washington, a city mm-hmm. very close to Nintendo of America's headquarters in uh, Red- uh, Redmond, Washington. Yep. Uh, and Mike receives a letter from his uncle, an archaeologist looking uh, for some lost runes in the Coral Sea. And according to the manual, Mike's uncle is named Steve, but everyone calls him Dr. Jones. There oh, you go. Boy. Another <laughs> American culture reference. We, uh, let's see if I get it right this time. We we named the dog Indiana. That's right. right. You made that joke in an earlier episode and totally botched. And it. I completely I judged. Yeah, messed it up. But yeah, yeah, Doctor Jones, a little on the nose here in Nintendo. Thanks. Yep, those kids love their Indiana Jones. Uh, so anyway, back to Nintendo's Doctor Jones. So he invites Mike to stay with him on Sea Island, which is appropriately named because the island is shaped like a large sea. There you go. All right. Uh, but when Mike arrives, his uncle is nowhere to be found. So the chief of the island town of Coral Cola, there you go with the cola, tells uh, Mike that Dr. Jones has been abducted and that Mike is the best hope at rescuing his uncle. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't all do anything, but you, this 15-year-old kid that's probably jet-lagged, you're here. You know, well, you the chief, the chief can't even put a shirt on, so like, <laughs> how is he supposed to rescue somebody? Well, that's it's right. pretty warm, dude, let me tell you. That's true. <laughs> well, you'd think that mustache would keep his face hot, though. He'd want to shave that off, too. He does have the a cop pretty mustache awesome mustache. Yeah, he does. Was, I saw it on Twitter. It was at Ketchup Figure said something like, you know, he looks like a dad that just broke up a slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> Which totally my dad right. totally did. He used oh to like walk over to like walk up to my room and like knock on the door. Hey guys, uh, you guys are being kind of loud, like no shirt and stuff. It's like, oh my <laughs> hey, god, it's a fat Magnum PI. <laughs> you know, nice. it looked like he. Why would he, he be wearing the Hawaiian with, shirt with shag carpeting? Oh, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, back to getting back to Star uh, Tropics here. The uh, shirtless chief gives uh, <laughs> you a powerful yo-yo, which becomes your primary weapon in the game. So uh, weird. I know you then uh, set out to bravely rescue uh, Indiana Jones. I mean, uh, Dr. Jones. Um, and before your quest is over, you'll travel to various towns into dark dungeons across seas and even battle a, on a spaceship. Whoa. Yeah. The story yeah. takes some uh, twists and turns. It's in Dan Jones four is what this is. It's a plot. <laughs> There's, no the crystal skull. <laughs> There's no such movie. There's no such movie. Aliens. Crystal skull. As I saw on Twitter, somebody because they're releasing it in 4K right now. The the four movies, are, as somebody called it, uh, three Indiana Jones movies and a coaster. No, mm. <laughs> I like that. I'll go. You with can that. put your uh, Coral Cola on that coaster. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Moving on. Uh, anyway, so I, I think watching the story unfold is pretty entertaining. Hope you guys feel the same way uh, because Star Tropics is known for its odd jokes and silly dialogue throughout. Uh, for example, there's a running joke about putting bananas in your ears for some yeah. reason. Totally yeah. flew over my head. I, I, what I think that's from is there the it's one of those like kind of America references. There was a long running joke in Sesame Street in the late '70s, early '80s with Ernie putting bananas in his ears, and I think hmm. I, I'm not, I have no first person like you know quote from from Takeda saying this or anything, but I think it must be a reference to that because it's the only thing I can find from back then. It's talking about bananas in your ears. Maybe he watched some American TV or something, you yeah. know, studying America or something. I he... mean, Sesame street and the, the Muppets actually made a reference to it too. So some, somewhere in there, he must've, hmm. you know, picked it up. So anyway, <laughs> That's such a random joke. The bananas so, in your ears. It's so prominent that like, I guess they thought everyone like knew this. I didn't. Yeah. 
I grew up in that time. Isn't no that idea. like one of the first jokes that they make in the game? Like, don't put bananas in your ears or something like that. It's an early That's, joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I think yeah. I remember reading that going like, what the, what is this? <laughs> like, like, is this a translation error? Like, yeah. 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 But there's another Somebody joke. Somebody set us up the bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. There's also another joke that I thought was strange where there's this, it's a running gag where like several of the townspeople ask you to tell them who's better looking. Right. There's like right. a whole Miss Coral Cola versus the other towns. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. I, and then I was looking up, like, do I get, do, is this a penalty? Do you know, you know, there's some games you say, <laughs> oh, yeah, the wrong don't thing, tell her. Like, yeah. You don't get, you then they won't let you out of the town or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. what is this for? It's like, no, it's just that it's we're, we're doing a beauty That's pageant. It. Exactly. We drink soda. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we drink soda, uh, play baseball, and attend beauty pageants. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the, that's eighties, nineteen eighties. Yeah, 80s America for you. Yeah. Well, uh, getting to the game, the gameplay of Star Tropics, <laughs> it's broken up into two styles. Uh, so the game starts out as a traditional eight-bit RPG with an overhead view. Looks a lot like Dragon Warrior on the NES, which I'm actually mm. playing right now. Good game. Uh, you play in this view when you're traveling in the overworld, in towns, and when riding in a submarine called Subsea, which you get to travel between islands. I like that part. Um, there's also action stages which take place in dungeons that look a lot like the first Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, in fact, fans of the Zelda franchise will recognize a lot of Zelda influence in this game. Yeah. Uh, you probably noticed that the registration system when you start the game looks like a straight up like rip from the first uh, Legend of Zelda on the NES. There's also similar uh, similar enemies in the game too. Dustin, you and I had a conversation earlier about like those Octorok looking yeah. guys. Octorok! Octorok sleepers! <laughs> Um, snakes, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but like the snakes run in direct lines like yeah. the snakes in Zelda. The loopers, they're called. That's right. And there's also the bubbles, like enemies, um, the ones in Zelda that stole your sword. If you like run into them, they don't hurt you, mm. but you can't use your sword, sword for a while. They have something very similar in this game. So yeah, mm-hmm. it just kind of goes on and on. Um, there's even a Triforce some gamers have noticed in like the background, like talking to the chief or something like that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but probably yeah. was. So your character, Mike, has several weapons at his disposal. In the dungeon stages, he can attack with his trusty yo-yo, which later gets powered up to shoot projectiles. Yeah, way too late. Like, I have a beef with that. We can talk about that later. And that's also like Zelda, too, because you have to have a certain number of hearts to use it and all that. So get sad when you lose it. Um, Mike will also find other weapons along the way, like a throwing star that uh, splits in two to attack multiple enemies at once, which is super handy. Um, you can find torches, slingshots, and a bunch of baseball-related weapons like, uh, well, a baseball, baseball bat, and there's also cleats that will attack every enemy on the screen, which are nice. really handy. Um, now, to complete those dungeon stages, Mike must defeat enemies and reveal secret switches, which he uses to open doors to proceed. And each dungeon ends with a boss and an exit back to the overworld. Now, the gameplay is simple in concept, uh, but can be hard as nails mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. If you've played this game before, you know that some of the difficulty comes from the, well, unique play control. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> that's, nice. that's a nice way to put torture. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Mike on roller skates? When, uh, <laughs> Is this a torture device? No, it's a play control device. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know what was going on with this play control. I have no idea. But like when you, so when you press a directional button, in a game like you'd expect the character to move in that direction right am i crazy in saying that no. right so but in star tropics it's not that simple because you press the direction and then like, that only turns mike in that direction and you have to like then hold that direction longer to get him to move 
so Mike ends up being slower and less responsive than what you're probably used to. And uh, Mike's movement is also limited to a grid. Like I'm thinking that's probably to make it more accurate when he's like jumping between blocks, but like totally awkward. Did that guy, did that surprise you guys? Like when you first started like trying to jump around? Did and- it surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> this game, that's the whole point of this game. I thought was to be really bad at play control. Like it was horrible. <laughs> wow. Like I think I called you up and I was like, what's this janky ass Zelda ripoff we're playing? <laughs> what's going on? And right. uh, bro, let me tell you, Dustin, jump in here. But th- this is a whole Wizards and Warriors level, okay. and we're gonna have that. We're gonna have the same conversation we have for Wizards and Warriors because I really like the play control of this game. What? I mean, the- I'm straight up, straight <laughs> up love it. Are you because crazy? it's it's so precise, it's accurate. I don't need to worry about going. You should off go into eat some weird directions. And watch your mouth out with <laughs> that comment right no. now. Like I can, ju- I know if I jump on, if like ninety percent of the jumping in this game is super easy because I know if I oh, jump, okay. I'm gonna I land on a wrong. platform. Don't, right? don't get me wrong, the jumping then, is is super easy. But I, if walking. I turn, if I want to turn and shoot at somebody, I, you know, realizing that they had limited control options back then, right? The idea though is that you get yourself into some tight spaces and you do not want to move Listen, this Kong direction. You only want to better turn. control than this. <laughs> Donkey no, Kong I, had better. Hear control. me out. Hear me out. There are some places in the dungeons where if you actually move your character left or right, you'll get hit. Mm-hmm. But you need to turn that direction to shoot the, the enemy properly. So this gives... Okay. The, what I really liked about the play control is it gave you the ability to turn and fire without without accidentally moving your character into one of the lines, like the zombies or whatever, into one of their lines. So That's an interesting take. I hadn't thought about what, that that being intentional. But I could see I think, that because you're think, right. No, it, it you could tell it was totally intentional. Like they wanted to have the character pivot first, right? Yeah. But to your point, Zach, like if you just push and hold a direction, a lot of times the character will just pivot and it won't move. You have to double tap well, the, the direction po- in order to get him to move. Well, and the thing that got me was it's when the action gets really fast and furious. Like yeah. where you're playing like a Zelda, you can run around and kill a bunch of bats and stuff, yeah. right? But in right. Star Tropics, you get surrounded by enemies. It's really hard you're to survive. You're done. Yeah. 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 There, just, there were definitely a couple screens, but at least in the you know first half of the game, I didn't really find myself having that too too much. Yeah. Um, you know, it was I, I found it more helpful than hurtful. There were only a, there was a couple screens where there was like all the zombies and the bats and something else. And it's <laughs> like, like forget it. Where how am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed well, to I move? Think, you know? Well let's save the rest was... for the, the, the actual okay, playthroughs yeah, yeah, yeah. if we can. It sounds let's like we got a lot to talk about. Bookmark that. <laughs> bookmark. We'll come back to that. We'll we'll put a button in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's play this control. Is, this will be That's the second nice time you'll it. mute uh, Alex in, in this episode. <laughs> Actually, I probably have one section that you'll need to do that as well. Uh, talking about survival, though, like there is a lot to survive in this game. So Star Tropics yeah. takes place over eight chapters. Uh, it, can take, it can take the average player up to seven hours to finish it the first time through. Probably longer if you're taking longer. time. Longer. Uh, yeah, not a short game. <laughs> as for the music of Star Tropics, the game's composer, Yoshio Hirai, only has a few video game credits to his name. Uh, we found a Japan-only adventure title in the Famicom that he did, and also Star Tropics 1 and 2. Uh, but while Mr. Harai may not have be a household name, he did an amazing job with Star Tropics. Music is uh, simple, catchy, and memorable, and it uh, definitely has a tropical vibe. There you go. Well, with that, let's pause for a moment and listen to a track from Star Tropics.
All right, there you go. That was Star Tropics. Yeah. yeah. It's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> it is pleasant. It's it groovy. Pleasant. No, it, yeah. You know, and it, it's it's a bit more uh, involved and energetic than I think a lot a lot of the NES games. They're they're kind of flat sounding and the, or or very you know it's more about the sounds, less about the music. I, I don't know. I like I like this one. It's it's catchy almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I sometimes in NES games I would uh, turn the volume down because yeah. it takes away from my uh, my focus. Yeah. But on this one, I I actually never did that. There you um, go. So you know how I know this is a good uh, soundtrack is because that song plays that main theme plays in like almost every damn dungeon and i didn't get tired of it like i wanted to just keep listening to it so that's what i knew like if it was say the um wizards and warriors like you're almost dead (laughs) Uh, music might be a different story right alex but uh oh you kidding me i will put my fist through that tv (laughs) forget about it you know oh my god well speaking of the music of star tropics our buddy uh at hide 209 created a remix of the game's soundtrack with an 80s new wave theme it's so awesome uh so yeah he surprised us with this Uh, he was inspired by all the star tropics love going on this month um and sent us uh this uh, this wonderful track so we're gonna go ahead and play a clip from that to wrap up this episode so uh, yep yeah as arnold would say stick around or get to the chopper <laughs> get to the chopper one of those don't get to the chopper yet we've got more episodes right. coming. There you go. so in the early 1991 nintendo flexed its marketing muscle by featuring star tropics on the cover of nintendo power and in the march 1991 issue they included a, they included a 20 pages of maps and hints mm-hmm. and a star tropics themed howard and nestor uh, comic they were all in wow um, other magazines however would be less than generous <laughs> And uh, Dustin, you sent me this one. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, just one example. The four reviewers from EGM gave Star Tropics a six, a five, and two fours out of 10 for a total of 19 out of 40. Alex is clapping. Let's just continue. That's accurate. Oh, my, oh, wow. So the main critique was the game's perceived lack of originality, with one reviewer saying that Star Tropics felt like playing as, quote, Link with a yo yo. <laughs> that's not wrong yeah. i guess it's kind of not wrong but i think it's a bit harsh those scores are just yeah. harsh those too harsh pretty pretty low no <laughs> so yeah no uh egm uh no, no egm cover for star tropics Sorry. there you go <laughs> uh but beyond the critiques from reviewers many players including myself i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh found something truly charming about star tropics and uh love the game for what it is quirks and all and uh you know going again back to wizards and warriors it, it's another wonderful, imperfect game, right, lovely guys? Lovely game. Lovely game. Yeah. So, <laughs> Alex is silent. Did, did I forget to see, unmute him? Oh, you must have. No. So, uh, moving on to the legacy of Star Tropics, we didn't find any data on how uh, many copies Star Tropics sold, but apparently it sold enough to get a sequel. So, in 1994, we got Zoda's Revenge, aka Star Tropics 2. Um, now, that game is mostly faithful to the original. I do think it has a little bit less charm, a whole lot less cola. Oh. Uh, the original. It has Zoda instead of Cola. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boo. Actually, one had Zoda too. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, that uh, tells me how far you got, Dustin. No, no, um, I knew and, that. I knew you know, that. Okay. Um, and uh, also has some updated controls in uh, uh, Star Tropics 2. You can actually walk diagonal in uh, Star wow. Tropics 2, which is he, it's still awkward. And, hold on. Uh, hold on. Yeah. It wasn't that the. It wasn't not being able to walk diagonally that was the problem. <laughs> it was that he couldn't move sometimes when you wanted to. When you're force pushing the directional control, he just turns on pivot and stays there. And then when <laughs> you slides. jump, he just he just jumps up and down. And you're like, I just died. 
I needed yeah. to jump to the next rock, you dummy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I played Star Tropics 2 a little bit, and like what you gain in kind of maneuverability, you lose in accuracy. So, mm. you know, because I did kind of fall off some blocks and stuff. Like well, you then don't like... base your entire game on a grid system. <laughs> yeah. you know? Tell what us what this? you really feel. <laughs> but Come right? on. What is this, Tetris? What's happening here? <laughs> Good game. Yeah. So, uh, but after Star Tropics 2, uh, we never got another sequel. So sadly, you won't find Mike Jones on any other Nintendo system. But Star Tropics is not a forgotten franchise, though. Uh, the game was included, as Dustin said earlier, on the NES Classic. And it was released also on the Switch Online. So at least, you know, new uh, generations of gamers can play the original, including that lovely play control. Yeah. Um, and Odessa, I know you're a big Animal Crossing fan, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught this, uh, the Star Tropics reference in Animal Crossing New Horizons, but uh, if you help that seagull Gulliver in a certain situation, he says, yeah. uh, quote, I haven't gotten a reception this sweet and bubbly since I washed up at old Coral Cola. Uh, I hadn't cool. seen that one. In fact, he, I hate that character Gulliver so much. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> so I try to skip oh, through anything. Looking for those saying. parts, right? All the time. Yeah. Oh, God, right okay. And then he won't, you can't wake him up. He takes forever. So yeah, mm -hmm. I don't really read his dialogue very much. Are you still uh, playing Animal Crossing, by the way? No, I mean, not as much as I used to, but I'm definitely interested in picking it back up again uh, with some of the Mario um, add-ons they've had lately. They did a big update for uh, for the game. So yeah, I'll probably get back into it a bit more here. You're one of those guys that like doesn't give up on games. Like you're probably yeah. still playing Pokemon Go, right? Oh, oh yeah. I right before this podcast, I was you know. <laughs> Are you serious? Spending... Oh yeah. No, I play I play that every day. I, I'm in my work Slack channel for Pokemon uh, updates and things. Oh yeah, we're we're true still fan. A thing man true fan <laughs> i have two <laughs> accounts <laughs> wow well speaking of true fans uh while we were doing research for this podcast we discovered a whole community that is passionate about star tropics that's way right. passionate uh we found the site startropics.com that's not associated with nintendo by the way um it has a forum where there's a ton of discussions about like one day getting a star tropics 3 mm. uh, we found twitter accounts like at smash tropics that continues to advocate for star tropics being featured in uh, modern games like super smash brothers um, and in fact, that account just posted something about like, it's coming guys or so like, they really think this like next release of characters is going to include, oh, um, no. Mike. So, oh, and no. a yo -yo. We'll see. And it's yo -yo. oh yeah. no, <laughs> just for you, Alex. Uh, and also this, the Q version of star tropics. <laughs> oh, okay. What's happening? Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, also on Twitter, uh, at last tropics posts a daily count of days since the last Star Tropics game. So his last post before this recording was, it has now been 9,872 days since the oh, last boy. Star Tropics game. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Uh, I hope that's a bot. I hope he doesn't actually type that every I day. Hope, I hope it's not. I hope <laughs> yeah. it's that he's that passionate. Where every day he gets up in the Holy morning, cup moly. of coffee, cup of uh, can of Coral Cola. Uh, yeah. Type that do, thing do, out. Do, 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 yeah. do. That's his alarm. He's waking up every day. Do, 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 do. He's, he walks to the bathroom, like sliding like uh, Mike Jones, you know? No, no, no. He pivots to the bathroom. He, he, has, to, <laughs> he has to go push twice yeah. to start the walk. Boy. Well, uh, with that, uh, I hope that it's not another... 9,872 days till we see Mike Jones and his ace pitcher yo-yo arm once again. There you go. Okay, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting, ridiculously facts, interesting facts about Star Tropics. Number one, the original copies of Star Tropics came with a physical letter that you had to dip in water to reveal a secret code. That's right. Yes, That was crazy. a big talk on our Twitter this that week. That was big talk. Yes, big talk. 
Big talk. Uh, <laughs> hashtag big talk. Hashtag. Oh boy. Move but, on. Where, move where on. We go. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on now. Uh, and this code was required to move past the halfway point in the game. So uh, some people believe that the letter was just a fun feature that Nintendo added to bring the adventure of Star Tropics into the real world. And I think it succeeds in that. It's just a cool, yeah. fun thing, right? But uh, I was thinking about it. I have another theory. So I think that it's possible that Nintendo also uh, used the letter as some sort of tactic to counter mm-hmm. video game rentals. As you guys okay. probably remember, like some companies at the time, like, you know, the, the late or mid 90s ish, they felt like that was cutting into their sales. Right. So I was thinking like, so if you rented Star Tropics and you didn't have that letter, you wouldn't be able to get very far in the game. And this was like still before the internet was prevalent. Right. So you couldn't just right. like, you know, Google the code or something like that. So you'd either have to like call the video store up or buy the game for the, maybe the full experience. And yeah, would the video store even know the code? Right, right? exactly. They so, toss the whole box out. Totally. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. Did, I don't didn't know. The, didn't video game rentals come with um, manuals? Well, Not always, did, right? Not yeah, always. Okay. The place that I rented games from, they would photocopy like the direct, like the, oh, the thing see. that showed you what the buttons were and put that mm-hmm. in there. But that was it. They didn't, because the manuals would get tore up. So they, I don't think yeah. they want to do that. And then, uh, so, but this game, as we talked about, also got released for all the different like virtual consoles and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was, when I was looking at this, the Wii, they had a, like, a, when you got to that part of the game and the Wii virtual console, it would uh, show you like a mechanic, like an animation of the, uh, a letter being dipped and then show you the code. Um, <laughs> the, the Wii U virtual console, they just showed you the code. <laughs> um, but my favorite is the Switch release, which does not include the code anywhere. <laughs> Nice. So if you don't go to the internet and you're playing it on the Switch console, the NES uh, online thing, you have no idea how to pass that part. That's torture. I mean, play control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, control, why, that's, right. that's why I was thinking of it being a, thing, a tactic against rentals because I would expect that to come like late in the game. But I don't know. Maybe they felt more players would get to the middle of the game and not the end, so more players could dip the. Well, it's after it's after uh, the third section, which is an, a whole game in and of itself. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like chapter four, like right, or something like that. But yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, 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 chapter three is a it's a journey. Yeah. Uh, number two, Star Tropics has a bizarre scoring system that rewards you for not killing enemies. Uh, <laughs> so right. Dustin, you must have gotten a huge score then. <laughs> oh boy, burn. Uh, so the exact scoring system is unknown to the player apparently you start each dungeon with the max possible score of like over seven thousand points and you then lose a set number of points for each enemy killed Um, so to get that highest score in the game you need to find a way to finish the dungeons while killing the least amount of enemies possible so weird Um, yeah it's totally weird but i will say though that i think most players including myself are just happy to beat a dungeon like heck with the score right right uh, and along the same line, speedrunner Bug Doctor, who has the world record for the fastest Star Tropics run at, get this, just one hour and three minutes. What? Yeah, he's How skating along there. Possible. He didn't have any play control issues on that one. Apparently. Uh, so he shared with us that uh, also the lower your score becomes in a dungeon, the more star and heart drops you get as a balancing mechanic. He says, since more attempts equal more enemies killed equals indication that the player might need some extra assistance. Um, And he also says, really cool aspect of the game, in my opinion. Oh, well, no wonder I kept getting a lot of stars. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep... Just keep grinding, right? Right. This game isn't easy to grind, by the way. Like they are, yeah, they're a little stingy with the drops. You do have to wait a little while. Kind of reminds yeah. me of like when we play Batman, of like sitting in front of this like thing that spits out enemies for like an hour, trying to just get one more heart. 
Right. So uh, speaking of Bug Doctor, to follow him on Twitter, it's at underscore Bug Doctor underscore. And uh, you got to see his world record run. It's just jaw-dropping stuff. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, he's also been running the sequel, Zoda's Revenge, on Twitch. So if you're interested in that, find his Twitch page as well. There you go. Number three, if uh, people bought video games based on box cover art alone, nobody would have bought Star Tropics. <laughs> have you guys right. seen this box art? Yes. It's like, it's seriously just the Star Tropics logo, a tagline, and just this random dark-ish illustration of an island. No characters, yeah. no game graphics, no indication of what type of game it is or who it's for. Uh, I mean, the back of the box has more info, but like the cover, which most people looked at, is like totally yeah. nondescript. It's crazy. I, I don't get the cover of this game. Is it who's the 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 musician whose uh, fans are called Parrot Heads? Oh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this a Jimmy Buffett? Cover? <laughs> it's a Jimmy. I mean, that's... Well, I mean, like literally, the someone. It's like someone just drew the title. The 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 box art yeah. has stars and the tropics. <laughs> to me, this just isn't something that like a kid walking to Toys R Us with birthday money burning a hole in their pocket is going to like grab that merchandise pickup ticket and, no. and for and go up to the counter. It, it, no, it's, I, it's I, just, there's not a lot of parrot heads at uh, 13 and 14 <laughs> in 1983 <laughs> walking around going, you know, I can't wait to play Star Tropics and put on some uh, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I think that uh, whoever designed this box must have spent too much time at Margaritaville. I mean, if they were going to go all in again, if they were going to go all in on the Dr. Jones thing, I mean, take a look at one of the Indiana Jones posters. There you right? go. I mean, yep. come on. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, my daughter actually pointed that out too. I showed her the box art because I have that, you know, complete box copy. And that's the first thing she said. She's like, how come Mike Jones isn't on that? And I was like, that's a damn good oh, question. Oh, there you go. I don't know, right? Yeah. So Firing a yo-yo right in your face. Right, in your face. <laughs> All right, number four, Star Tropics has a really fun debug mode. It's similar to the one we talked about in our Aladdin episode. Um, so you can get to the mode by using a Game Genie code. And if entered correctly, you'll be able to choose from a chapter select, dungeon select. You can skip to the game's ending. And there's also a code that is uh, made specifically for you, Dustin. Uh, so when you enter a dungeon, you hold select and walk back out and it completes the dungeon automatically. Hey. Sorry, go. I just keep bagging on you today. I don't know what's going on, but uh, you know, these are helpful codes. You might be surprised on how I, I, well I did in this game, right? I, well, if it's like Wizards and Warriors, then yeah, who knows? Uh, Not that good. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can also uh, walk through walls with this code, basically walk through walls, mountains, and any other obstacle in the overworld view by holding a start button. It also works for the submarine too. So you can like take your sub anywhere. It's really crazy. I gave the code a try. I was able to walk from like the beginning of a level to the end, pick up like heart containers, like out of sequence. And you can even walk to like other parts of the game that like end up glitching out just by walking Weird. around. It's, it's really, really cool. And a number five, Dustin, get uh, ready for the Alex mute button on this one. Mm. On it. Uh, number five, <laughs> beware of the enemy named Kappa. All right. So our buddy Jacob or Jcas six five zero two posted on Twitter that he was having a hard time with these creatures that pop out of the water in one of the dungeons. I don't know if you guys saw those. Yep. The so green I shared guys, with right? yeah, the green guys. Yeah. So I shared with him that I actually recognize those characters from other retro games. So they're called Kappas, and they look like yeah, little green humanoid turtles. And they have this like haircut that looks like a like a monk would have, you know, with like the shaved <laughs> like on the top fire. and yeah, and the head yeah, like that. Um, they're pretty annoying in the game too. So I did some research on Kappas and I learned that they're uh, apparently demons from Japanese folklore. This is apparently supposed to be an Americanized game, right? But just lots of Japanese folklore in here. Um, but I also learned some other things about Kappas that I kind of wish I didn't. 
Okay. Um, so let me just read a section from the Kappa Wikipedia page. It says, quote, the Kappa are known to favor cucumbers and love to engage in sumo wrestling. Okay. They, they are often accused of assaulting humans in water and mm. removing a mythical organ called the Shirikodama from their, <laughs> their victim's anus. What? Hold on. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I so, wait. <laughs> so, Alex. Yeah. So they they basically chase you and they, they want to sumo wrestle you. Yeah. And they're trying to remove a mythical <laughs> organ from your anus. And and what I read okay, also hold was on. that <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me, but let me so, just say let me just say real quick, Alex, that Shrikodama is important because apparently it's supposed to contain your soul. Oh. Huh. <laughs> Well, you know, listen, it, the, they say the quickest way to a man's soul is through his anus. So, <laughs> you know, nobody says that. Nope. Oh, that's the Japanese. I thought Nobody's, that was. No. That, it says right here no. to contain your soul. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, you better watch out for those <laughs> kappas. Make sure you got some extra cucumbers. Because they're after your, your, your boy's soul. They're after your soul. Your, yes. Yeah, your soul. Oh, and that was five ridiculously interesting facts, mostly just ridiculous that, facts about that, Star Tropic. Uh, no. Thank you, I think, uh, Zach. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Kappas. not sure if that was heartfelt, but an actual heartfelt thank you to our friend, the uh, podcast archivist Guillermo, who uh, helped us with some Star Tropics research for our history and interesting facts. Oh, yeah. So thank you, archivist. Uh, for the record, though, he had nothing to do with Zach's obsession with the Kappa. That was I'm all not obsessed with Kappa. Zach. Um, I'm obsessed with staying away from Kappas. <laughs> and we're moving on to our memories of Star Tropics from back in the day. Uh, Alex and I actually never played this game before this run through. So, Zach, uh, hit us up with a little bit of your memories from Star Tropics. Sure. So, I have one distinct memory of Star Tropics, and that is uh, at a slumber party. You guys remember those, right? Going right, to your friend's with a shirtless house. chief. Yeah, any kappas? Right. Any kappas there? No, <laughs> no kappas. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this was a, one of those probably blockbuster rental type games. I can't remember if yeah. we, you know, where we rented it, but got the game, played it all night. It was one of those where we, you know, played all night, crash out, pick up first thing in the morning, you know, just keep playing the yeah. game. I really miss those days. Um, totally. But the one memory I have of actual playing the game was being stuck, and it was on that piano part. Yeah. None yep. of us could figure out how to get past that part. And we're just like, what do we do? And like, we go talk to that parrot and it would just say like, you know, do me so far or whatever over and over. And you're like, what, what are you saying? Um, yeah. So we got stuck there. And because none of us at that age, especially like knew what like a musical scale was, that just seems right. like a little bit to expect of kids that age. Anyway, um, I do remember playing the game and enjoying the heck out of it until we, until we got stuck. Well, and you know, to that point, uh, Again, I think uh, Jacob, the internet guy, Jay Cass, uh, he did mention the, that Captain Bell had a big organ in the game. So, okay, so a we're shout moving out to him. It takes time to put in the code. Yeah, because the organ's pretty big. You got to yeah, walk around. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our listeners' memories of Star Tropics here, guys. Uh, thanks well, to was every- one. <laughs> thanks to everyone who shared a memory on our socials. Here are just a few of my favorites. Derek Hailstorm uh, at Hailstorm1985 said, Star Tropics was the last NES game that my brother and I rented from the video store. We spent the entire weekend trying to beat it, but got stuck because we didn't have the letter. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the next weekend when we went back to the store, all the NES games had been put up for sale. Interesting. Wow. And that's when the you buy one. them all, buddy. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> the next one, memory uh, from the Golden God. Golden God. Nice. Uh, at Mr. Don Van Dam says, my biggest memory is buying this at Kmart on clearance in the late 90s nice. and knowing nothing about it aside from ads. I ended up running right through it and even got to do the poster and water gimmick since it was a new copy. Huh. He says, Star Tropics probably doesn't get the love it deserves. There you go. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that as well. And I, and I know <laughs> Alex doesn't. <laughs> Hell no. Our buddy Larry at LJ White 28 said, uh, I remember the anticipation for this game. It got the full Nintendo power treatment. Mm-hmm. I talked about yeah. playing it all the time. One Friday I got home from school and bam, my dad had rented it for me. I played it all weekend and made it to the Magma Boss. Great memories. That's really cool. Except that Magma Boss is a jerk, but we'll talk about he that later. Is, he is quite a jerk. Uh, at Tecmo Seattle uh, says historic Saturday with at Gomez Dan circa 1991 alternating playing through this classic. We amazed ourselves by getting very far and by finishing an entire bag of nacho Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Just one bag. Yeah. It's a long game. It's a lightweight guy. You're right. Exactly. I'd hate to see Uh, what that controller looked like, like after all that nacho Doritos and touching the controller and everything. My God. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, orange plat- <laughs> right platform agnostic paints us a little picture kind of what zach was talking about earlier hitting on that so hey i know you're a 14 year old boy that just flew to this mysterious island to meet an uncle you've never met before but i have bad news he's been kidnapped I, you know, he goes on to say I, i'm still thinking they were going to hit him with some amway or timeshare presentation <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's great exactly <laughs> um at baskis said this was my first game ever played. My favorite memory would be my five-year-old self getting my ass handed me by the Octos and shouting, damn squid! And Or it was maybe finally clearing the graveyard after being stuck forever. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, that one's not an easy puzzle either. Yep, yep. All right, guys, let's talk about the playthrough that we had, the retro game guys, over the past couple of weeks. I'll be asking a few questions here, so let's get going. I'm going to start here with, well, Star Tropics is kind of, shall we say, quirky. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys think? And we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, any other thoughts here on the nutty theme of the of the game? Uh, start with you, Zach. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, and the thing that stuck out the most to me was that this was a lighthearted take on an RPG. Sure. And after playing, you know, so many RPGs over the years, they're, you know, sword and sorcery, kind of dark and serious this one is just fun and I love it. And kind of reminds me of Earthbound, which is another game we should play okay. someday for this podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just fun. Alex, thoughts on the nutty quirkiness of this game? Well, I think looking back on it, like for, so if I'm looking back and seeing like 1990, 1991. Yeah. And thinking like all the pop references they put in, like Dr. Jones, right? Yeah. Uh, baseball. Um, I'm thinking like, they should have really played up like the adventure part of this a little bit better. Like the archaeologist, you're trying to find a, a lost guy, you know? <laughs> right. um, I if think they didn't if, want to get sued. Maybe they want to go that far. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if you had, if you could just at the very least redesign the uh, Star Tropics poster and have like a kid with a baseball hat, you know, with like maybe a baseball bat and, yeah. and a torch and he's looking through all these ruins or something, like right. that's a game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. an abandoned island with a parrot on it. That yeah. you only really add, interact with once in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's a silly game. I really appreciate. I think to the same point that that Zach has said about where it's about the the. There's a lot of these games, these RPGs in this time frame that were just dour. That were just like hmm. it, it almost felt like you know they're trying to make it so epic that it's just kind of a slog. Whereas this one just definitely felt a little bit 
you know, lighthearted and, and a little bit silly. Yeah. At you can kind of relate yeah. to it, you know, yeah. you around so, that age, like I was when I played it and like these kind of things like baseball yeah. and stuff. It's yeah. well, you know what though? I'll tell you this though. The, the thing that, that really just confuses me a little bit. Like why did they think like, like a tropical setting would appeal to, uh, to like an American, an average American kid. I mean, I know Hawaii is part of uh, the United States, but I don't <laughs> think a lot of us, really imagine hawaii being part of the united states you know like like i don't go around thinking like palm trees and and you know no uh, not in one of your hashtag alex la stories no palm trees there <laughs> not yet there's still plenty of room but yeah. uh you know i don't know so it's just it feels like maybe if this game was a western or something like that it would have had you know, I, well, I think know. I think it might have been like a little bit of like fish out of water story, right? So you've got like you know, like what if it was National Treasure, to, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know? But they, I think they needed to have a locale, and it it, it was a, yeah. Yeah, added to the sense of adventure and stuff. So, sure. Yeah, but it's you're right. It's a kind of all over the place, and maybe that was part of what they were going for, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's go over to the next question. How much fun was Star Tropics for you guys? Alex, start us off. How much fun? We talked. Sure. kind of liked the theme. How much fun was the game overall? Well, I, again, going back to earlier conversation I had with Zach, I could definitely appreciate the the developer's ambition. I he definitely bit off more than he could chew, in my opinion. Uh, he, he was the he was the producer. He was the uh, writer. He was the director of this game, right? Right. And so this definitely sounded like it was a passion project and like his fingerprints are all over this, but it's almost like when you, when you have so much control, like you don't allow for a lot of maybe some good criticism to come in and maybe improve the game a little bit. So um, I would say that this game is very ambitious and it feels like it's very ambitious. I mean, come on, you're dunking paper into water. You're coming with, um, you know, uh, ships and nautical themes and in uh, playing my country tis of thee and you're like dude <laughs> what is going on right. in this game and you're saving dolphins so there's definitely something for everybody from alien lovers all the way down to <laughs> banana cream pie fans so right it's all over the place so as far as fun goes um i have my criticisms of this game but my my what i like about this game the puzzles in this game and and that it's it's not so open world like Zelda is because if this game was as open as Zelda, you this game would have been like an eleven maybe on the on the hardness scale. Sure, um, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I would not have been able to pass this game if it wasn't for YouTube. I'll tell you that right, right now. Right. So, <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I, it was a fun game. There you go, Zach. Fun. How much fun was the game? I think this is uh, Star Tropics is a super fun game, and it's it's yeah. um, I'll say fun but flawed. Right. Sure. I won't uh, I won't push back too hard on the, the play control challenges. Um, you're you're right, Alex. I think it is a little ambitious. I mean, did they need the submarine, you know, and two different like, you know, viewpoints? You know, did they need like all Do the they challenges? need that robot to talk every single robot, time? You walk into they the need, yeah, exactly. Like, there's just a lot going on and maybe a lot of ideas that are just sort of underdeveloped. But like when I look at it like a whole package, it always comes down to did I have fun or not? And yeah. I did have a lot of fun, even though it felt a little too familiar at times, even though I did wrestle with the controls at times, even when I, you know, might have not liked certain weapons or certain enemies like those Kappas. But uh, yeah, overall, fun time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the weapons, I'll say on the fun part, like I had a lot more fun when uh, when you got the shooting star weapon. Like, yeah. man, oh, yeah. where was this the whole game? Like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, I will say that I had a lot of fun playing this game, but only I think kind of Alex's point because 
I used a guide. Like I don't think I would oh, have yeah. been able to enjoy this game if if I had to, if I was I was I was watching other people doing playthroughs or like, well, I I tried this room 17 times and I now I think I figured that as yeah, like I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. It was taking me long enough to play the game as it was. So, I followed along with a guide and and with that, um I still had places where I was I had to think through the puzzles. Um, and, and, and so it wasn't, you know, just like falling along like a zombie and everything, but, uh, um, I had a great time. Like I, I played this game, I don't know how many hours and, and, um, never really, it was one of those games. There's been games for this podcast where I put it down for a couple of days. Cause I'm like, I'm just so over it. And this game just kept like creeping back up. Like, yeah, you know, the, the, I'd look over and the switch is next to me and it's like, all right, let me put a few more minutes into it. Yep. Um, so I think for me, that's a really good sign of a, a game that, you know, is fun. It's not, it wasn't about, Oh, I have to continue doing this game for the podcast. It was about like, Ooh, I want to go play star tropics, which mm-hmm. yeah. there's a good True. sign of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, let's talk about kind of sort of on the flip side about the challenge of star tropics. Um, modern gamers on GameFAQs say the game is slightly tough. Uh, that's their ratings. Uh, but what do the retro game guys think? Zach, start us off. What would you say the challenge? Easy, medium, hard, extreme, and why? Yeah, I'm going to say medium to hard. Um, okay. From an ex- like experienced gamer's perspective, um, I got a lot of challenge out of this game. I mean, I, I remembered quite a bit of the game from when I was a kid. So like a lot of the overworld puzzles were no trouble. Right. But yeah, man, those dungeons were were challenging because they're long. Um, like we said, the control's not the best at times. And there's just like, there's some tough enemies and and like you you can, you know, get stuck halfway through the level, have to start all over. And then when you start over, you lose all but three of your hearts. Have you guys had that yeah. problem before where you're just yeah. like, oh my God, now I have a even greater challenge because I have to go back and try to, you know, try to get more hearts and while, try, while I try to survive. You turn the game off, turn it on again, start from your past. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what you right. do. Yeah. yeah. But the the most challenging part of the game for me was that was that fire boss. Like that's where I lost most of my lives. It's, it's a boss where you've got to like jump around the room and you have to hit two switches to drop like the platform that he's in into, mm-hmm. I think it's like water, right? Um, man, I just died on him a ton and until I finally figured it out. But um, and then, well, that and the second, I think it was the second to last level or something or lead up to the final boss was just really, really difficult. But mm. the thing that got me when you think about challenge in Star Tropics is the fact that this game pulls dirty tricks on the player like sure. crazy. Sure. And like, I didn't get too mad at the stuff. I thought it was kind of, you know, funny because they're really tricks. So there's one early trick where there's a health potion in a room, right? And then a secret switch leads you to a second room with the potion in the same location. So you're like, oh, great. Now I get two potions. Then you find another switch and you're like, oh, sweet. Like a third room, you go into that third room and you die instantly. Yeah, basically, yeah. that's like Genyo Takeda punishing you for being greedy, right? Right. Um, there's also those false exits. Yes, right? false exits. Like there's victory. Or, well, they, like, you really get exits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, well, because it's like you, the way I'm interpreting it is like you beat at something and there's victory music and you're like, yeah, I'm done. And then you walk into the next room and then it's like more level. It's like oh, yeah. you're not, you're no, not I, out of the. What, what I, well, yes, that, but I was also, what I was thinking of was more of the, um, there are rooms that you go, like maybe you go up these stairs and it then takes you out and you have to start the whole. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You, like the graveyard level was like that. Yeah. Where like, oh, yeah. I guess this isn't the dungeon. I also saw like uh, there's one where you jump to a platform and it disappears right before you land on it. So oh, you yeah. basically die. And yeah, so there's all this stuff. I guess there's comedy in it, whatever. But uh, it does remind me, though, of one thing Howard Phillips said in our interview where he said, you know, the, the game, like the game designers make a promise to the player 
Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said basically like, you know, there shouldn't be things in games that can't be avoided, right? That are like tricks. And so I agree with that generally, but I think there's only a few of these in the game and I, and I think they're funny enough to where it didn't frustrate me too much. But yeah. they're in there. Yeah. Or there's one place where you, there's a, there's a couple of places in the game where you have a sign and if you touch the sign, you'll get extra lives, but at one point or you'll takes, lose life. Yeah. It takes yeah. a life away. I was like, well, that's not totally. Cool. Yeah. It's random chance. <laughs> like that's, yeah. You're totally like happy because you got halfway through the level and it's like minus one life. You're like, what? Yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly. something that, that could have used some criticism. Someone yeah, could have yeah. stepped, should have stepped in there and be like, listen, like you, you, you can do anything you want to this game and you designed it, you developed it, you're creating it. But come on, this you're gonna take something away just because it looks like this is <laughs> yeah. a bonus. Yeah. Like so there, there is there is a room too where you walk in, you die instantly. That one's a yeah. little bit you're right, that one's a little bit much because you do have to then start over. You're like, well, it won't do yeah. that again. But how how would you know? How would you know? Right. You don't. You don't so, know. Uh, so Alex, what do you think about the challenge overall? The challenge, I my 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 only pet peeve with this entire game is the play control. And you like it, and I understand why you like it because it sort of gives you a little bit more control when you're fighting on a grid. And yeah. I get that. Yeah. However, if I'm shooting <laughs> my weapon and I hold the button down, I expect more to come out. Or if I shoot it super fast, I don't expect my arm to just... There's an extra second, like half second of lag time when you push the button and your the 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 sprite makes a movement with, with its arm before the yo-yo, before something gets thrown. Whereas with Super Mario Brothers, you push the fireball, fireball comes out immediately. There's no... Mario doesn't take an extra half second to throw his arm out. The, yeah. The ball comes out almost immediately. So there there's there's a delay in, in his movement and using his weapons that annoyed the hell at me throughout the entirety of my playthroughs. But you're right. I I this is one of the games where I would play for an hour. I played this game a lot. A yeah. lot. I played put more time in this game, I think, than almost any game I've ever played. So far, maybe close to only uh, SimCity. Okay. And uh, mm -hmm. I would I would put in 45 minutes here, an hour and a half there, two hours here, there. And just like yeah. you, Dustin, like, I would be like, oh, I'm on this level. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think the only thing that really caused me pain was his movement and, uh, and Chapter shooting. three. <laughs> was yeah, well, was you know what? I, I liked I liked Ghost Village. I liked I like uh, I thought yeah, that was but, probably one of the best levels of this game. I thought that so, was so fun. It's yeah, fun, so. but but you know, Chapter Three has five main parts, right? And just yeah, one, just long. the Ghost Village yeah. section alone is way longer than the the first two chapters of the game in combined. Like, yeah. I thought that was who the best sized part of the so different far, parts yeah. of this game. Like, so like. There are parts of this game where you you have save points like come back to back to back. You get to that ghost village section, you got no save point for an hour at yeah. least, right? Like but that so, was the funnest part of this whole game. I think. I, en I enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that I was like, okay, in, in the guide there is forty five steps for ghost village, and I'm on thirty seven. Yeah. I'm getting there, you know. Like <laughs> oh I can watch my progress. I, Let I me think tell you, I, after I was done with that, I looked at all the the YouTube's and the videos and stuff, and the and the maps that I found online. And I was like. Mm -hmm. I'm not even close to halfway done with this right. game. Right. <laughs> There's still a whole bunch more. Yeah. I just want to uh, kind of close out with my uh, thought on the challenge here. I would say if you're using a guide, so I can only talk about my experience. If you're using a guide, the, the challenge is about medium, right? Medium. It's it's yeah. not it's not super hard because you know what to do. I think without it, you know, 
Uh, you don't know where you're going half if the time. If this was 1991 and you were playing this without a guide yeah, and just, the, yeah, and just uh, Nintendo Power, super challenging. Torture device. Um, but even with the guide, like the dark rooms were hard to do um, to try yeah. to make sure you follow the right pattern to get through that. Mm -hmm. um, the loopers were, were kind of funky at first, but once I figured it out, I, I, it was really fun to try to how to figure out how to trigger, trigger them. Uh, for me, those up-down tiles sucked. And if mm -hmm. I was playing this on a console through like an LCD TV with the lag, I'd think there's no way I would have gotten through any of the oh, levels yeah. that had those up down tiles. It um, on the Switch though, they weren't they they I was able to nail them almost every time. Mm -hmm. um, and then the the last thing I'll say about the challenge is that dang organ that uh, we had mentioned, uh, the the big giant piano. Um, I even with the guide, I messed up um, the pattern of what you're supposed to do to enter that. And I got stuck there for like 45 minutes because I couldn't figure out how to <laughs> like reset the organ. Like I walked out of the room. I went and talked to the parrot. I did a bunch of how things. How do you reset so, it? You have to come completely out of the tower and, oh. and go all the way back. So, huh. uh, and then come forward. So uh yeah don't do that yeah i kind of <laughs> think right. i screwed that up too and me like too. left the room and yeah. came back and it would it worked so i don't know me, maybe it did it, i don't know because i also version i think i yeah or it may have been because i i think i did another thing out of sequence right and i had to fix that there's a couple of different things but that really really it was a challenging part for me if not getting it straight so um let's move on to would we play star tropics again um i will start and say yeah i think i'll continue trying uh on this game it's really fun as we said what about you alex no no <laughs> i mean look the Does game was the fun the game the game was fun the game was fun to a point but okay at a certain point it's like every other level every other stage of this game is almost like an escape room like okay now i'm in a a, a, a crosshair with with metal balls that i touch <laughs> and, and will come and slam into me too. and it's right. just like okay like like every game is like you know you know those little uh mind uh mind games that are supposed to make you smart but you're trying to get like a piece of metal out of a wooden block and you have to oh move right, it right these right. little puzzles big, big right thing in the 90s yeah yeah, these little puzzles you have to figure out. Every other level started to feel that way to me. Like it was just a, a mind puzzle. Like you just yeah. had to figure out how to get your guy to the other side of the room. And it's just like, eh, like I kind of just want to like shoot fireballs at a Bowser or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, Zach, would you play Star Tropics again? Well, I suggested this game for the podcast. So I think that uh, tells it's you better my be, answer. Right? Yes, yeah. this game is awesome. I, I think it's great. And I would play it again. Yeah, I mean, th here's the thing. This game never felt impossible to me. Like, it always felt For like sure. I could move forward. And so wh wherever I got stuck, I thought, you know, I, I know with some more time I can do it. So that's, that's the type of game I want to play again. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about and let's finish with the big question. How'd you guys do? Score right. competition rules for Star Tropics were this. Just get as far as you can get in the game. I'm going to start with you, Alex. Uh, where'd you get to? And if you remember your score, cool. If not, uh, mm -hmm. we can talk about something. Curious about this one. Right. I finished the game. Whoa! Oh, Look right. at you. Yeah, Dude, I finished the game roll, with man. a score of 89,250 points. All right. I did not, but I will say I got way further than I thought I would get on this game. When I how saw far? all the Twitter hold traffic. On, hold on. Zach, guess how far he went. I say he, yeah, I think he got to level, th like maybe the, close to the end of level three, but not four. Okay. 
I uh, I I will say I saw all the Twitter traffic because I started my playthrough late because I was helping with the research. So I started my playthrough a little bit later in our run, and I saw all the Twitter traffic about Chapter Three, and I was really worried about it. Um, <laughs> and but I I kept at it. I kept at it. I kept at it, and I got you know through the organ. I got through the everything. I I got past level three. I got past chapter four. Chapter Whoa. four is pretty pretty quick. The whale. And about right. partway into chapter five, um, there's a place where there's f- uh, uh, a room with false floors, spots where you keep you have to find the right pattern to get out of the room. And it, no matter what I did when watching YouTube videos and guides, I mm-hmm. just could not get that pattern down. And I had to, I just ended up, I put in, um, I don't know, 20, 30 different tries on it. And for some reason, I just could not get that. I kept getting stuck and going over and over through that uh, floor and back. Um, so I ended up through having a sand call it floor. Um, yeah, no, it's a dark room. I, I can, okay. I'll, I'll, I can share a screenshot of it I'm later, sorry. but yeah. Um, and my score was about 44,000. So, All right. um, All yeah, right. I mean, I, I think if, I, I feel like I could beat this game. I feel like I could actually beat you this could. game. You yeah. could. I, I just, um, if I can figure out what's going on with that room and why I can't get the pattern down, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I never, I got stuck on a couple things. Like mostly I got stuck on puzzles. Beating enemies was never a problem yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. was, and the lot, once I knew the switches on the lava boss, that guy, that lava boss went down super quick. It, it was yep. always about getting stuck on puzzles for me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying nice. to beat it still. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it. All right. Mr. Zach. How many, so, how many times did you finish it and with, uh, yeah. you know, the power oh, glove also? Yeah. Right, no. But before I talk <laughs> about this, I want to tell you guys a really quick story. So, and Alex, you'll know this one. So on the final yeah. level, you got to beat too many bosses. Yeah. You get through, like, quite a few screens of tough enemies to get to the final boss, right? Yeah. Then you have to do this kind of all in one life, right? Otherwise, you're starting over and you got to do it, you know, all over All again. the way back, yeah. It's frustrating. So I finally learned how to get through all this mess. I get to the final boss. And the SOB lands on me and kills me in one hit. Yeah, it's right? the worst. It's the worst, right? Yeah. So I do it all again, and it happens again. And the second time, so I'm sitting on the floor, right? Because my TV is kind of low because I don't want my kids to get crushed by this. Well, there's, a, there's CRT, even a, right? a boss. There's even a boss before that. Right, that there's two bosses, right? Where, where if you, you can't even go behind them because his his kill area is larger than. Like they, they sort this is where the game sort of messes you up, where they, they programmed it in a way where even if you go try to go around him, his kill area overlaps your your Are you talking the, about the guy the, the hands that grids? come and get you like that first boss that the I'm first talking, boss. Yeah, he on there's a little grid and there's like I think a series of nine blocks that you have to jump between and stuff. And uh he jumps between uh room Oh, that's and the final the, boss Zoda, that's the final yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it, it it this game sort of plays with um, some yep. very tough rules when it comes to how they can kill you. Yes, you know? yes, because you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to him, yeah. but then he like can smash you, right? It's really yeah. frustrating. So yeah. like I was saying, so I was, I was sitting on the floor of my game room and I drop my controller and I like throw my hands up in my face, like, nice. uh, like you know, really frustrated. Well, there's this little sharp edge on my wedding ring and it just caught my forehead and like <laughs> ripped my forehead open. So I'm sitting here bleeding. I'm looking for a scar on, on the zoom. <laughs> right. And I'm like pissed off. I'm thinking this damn game, not only did, like, is it killing me in like one hit, but it like literally made me. That's a WWE bleed. move. It totally, yeah. I, I, yeah, I cut myself to make it bleed. So yeah, then it was on. So I gave it a few more tries. I was, then Alex, to your point, like I was able to jump around and avoid Zoda. Yeah. 
avoid getting smashed. And I beat the final boss. So excited. Yeah. Um, with that said, though, Alex and I tied beating the game. So we wanted to look well, at our sure. scores, right? I mean, we, it wasn't officially the rules here, but we did want to look at our mm, scores. Are we moving right? goalposts again? <laughs> I got 83,500. Oh! Hey, look at that. Look at that. Did Alex? I, I don't know. I think we, I, I know we weren't putting it as the <laughs> score number, but that's. I wasn't that going might, for score, so. Sure. Perfect. sure. You know what, though? Says the you person who got the lower score. Yeah, that's but okay. Okay. that's Bravo. exactly what I wanted you to Bravo, think. Alex. I wanted you to think that we weren't going for scores. That's why I went for it. <laughs> well, if I actually. I told you, I, I told you I was coming for you. You are and coming it, for it. It was going to be unexpected. You are you coming. You never know. I did grinding, so that's why. Because you know, why would a game penalize you for grinding? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? So you know, yeah. but, no, uh, I kept. I kept man. every time I uh, every time I died, I I I reset, went back to my previous save state. I dude, let me tell you something. Wait a minute, save state? Were you playing with save states? I why well, I, I, I tried to I I tried to go back and be as honest as I could to. Oh wait a minute! Yeah, no, I went back to my save state. No, no, not my save state on my thing. Like when oh, the game saves your progress. Oh, okay, okay. I just went back to that stage. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I watched so many videos. Oh, I saw okay. so There's many maps. Too, Dustin. Yeah. It, was, it was, it uh, was, <laughs> what? So you're watching videos too. You're not helping <laughs> dude, your case here, buddy. Dude. Oh, let me, dude. I We, ne we never said you couldn't watch videos. Or sure. I watched all the videos, bro. All of them. <laughs> all the videos. All the videos. Were any and of them related to this game, or were they all? <laughs> all dude, Kappa. All the all the videos <laughs> oh, on, on the uh, dude, all the patterns and all of everything. Yeah. There's. I found this Your one soul. really good reference that had re very good detailed maps of where you need to go and what you need to do. Yeah. And uh, I think before I played every other, I paused a lot, so I would play the game. I paused. A I, ton. I, dude, I would play. I would play where I jumped on one brick. Pause it. Yeah. Go yep. watch a video for 15 yeah. minutes. Come back and keep going. <laughs> totally. totally. Like, well, hey, you know, Alex, no matter what happens here, you know, whether or not it was technical win or whatever, like you got the better score. Congratulations, there sir. There you go. This is definitely setting us up for a, you know, head-to-head. -head. Let's get the right rules and let's get it done. This is see. a milestone oh. podcast just milestone like the uh, Wizards and Warriors, right? Uh, yeah, it definitely, yeah. It uh, definitely game I is. Be. Yes, sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's go on to see if our, any of our listeners can beat retro game guys at Star Topics or tie you guys. Maybe sure. see if maybe I can beat a couple people here. Let's see. Thank you to all of our listeners who played along and shared their progress by using the hashtag Beat Retro Game Guys uh, or tie. Well, I don't think we had anybody shared with tie this time. I caught them all. Um, so let's go through some of these scores here. Retro Gaming Rocks said, uh, "I guess entering the dungeon on Chapter Six with the further." I could get them by the deadline. Hashtag beat retro game guys. Hashtag this time with the right hashtag. I appreciate you editing that. It makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> uh, John Underdown said, well, with the help of save states and a walkthrough, I made it to chapter five's dungeon and ran out of steam there. I at least passed chapter three and feel like I beat the game. I, John, you're 100% where I'm at. When I got to through three and got to five, I was like, I feel accomplished. I did something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three is a long section. Um, at basic gamer, Bob said, uh, he just finished gamer, uh, chapter six now, and he's going to try to beat all three retro game guys, but he didn't get another score in before the end. So he beat me, wah, wah. but nobody <laughs> else. 
and Guillermo Salva said, uh, our, our friend the Archivist said, thanks to the Retro Game Guys, I too feel the glorious rush of having stuffed bananas in my ears. Yes. It felt pretty awesome. Uh, nice. So yeah, he got through the game as well. So did uh, Larry White, uh, Jacob, mm -hmm. Jcast6502, and Terracotta Stew. And actually, our first guy that put a score in uh, and beat the game was Hide Two R Nine, our buddy, the retro yeah. retro, uh, retro video game remixer guy. Mm -hmm. um, he beat the game first and on the NES, which his co his copy did not ha his battery was broken, so oh, <laughs> he, my God. he got yeah. through the game with no saves. Yeah, one uh, go, moly, one go. Um, and he said, I'm so tired, but man, was it worth it? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Right? No, thank you. My, wow, my safe states nope, and yeah. pausing and all that was my friend. So bravo. A saint. Yeah. Wrapping up the scores. Congrats to everybody who beat the game. And, uh, even uh, almost all of you beat me at least. So I think you all can say you tied the retro game guys or you beat me. So good guy. Good job all. Now it's time for our monthly gift card giveaway. This month's winner is platform agnostic from Instagram. Uh, we appreciate you sharing your memories of Star Tropics. And uh, I was looking at his Instagram. Um, he's a retro game collector and apparently has 672 out of the 677 NES cartridges. That's like, uh, what, one more than you have, Zach? Well, it's 672. That's actually two more than I, oh, you got, than I have. That's a heck of a collection. Yeah. Wow. That's a good, good, good collection there. Well, yeah. congrats, Platform Agnostic. You got yourself a $25 gift card for your favorite console. All right. Congrats. And woohoo. And now it's time to share what's coming in our next episodes. Well, our last quick play on Gary Kitchen's Keystone Capers <laughs> was so much fun. Beating him with we a thought, <laughs> Right. We thought we'd go back to the Activision Atari 2600 library. So in two weeks, we'll be diving into the space combat game Star Master. Yes. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. It, it's it's an easy one to get. It's um, on a lot of Activision anthologies. Uh, it's a it's a kind of a real quirky game, right, Zach? Yeah, no, it's a really fun, like a space combat, like exploration type game on the Atari. It's one of those games, I think I mentioned this in the Keystone Capers episode, but, you know, got it with a big, you know, lot of games that I, right. I bought. And it was this one and Keystone Capers that really stood out to me. So uh, excited to talk about it and play it again. Cool, cool. All right. Well, then, and our, after that, our next month game, we're going to dip back into the TurboGrafx-16 library for our, only our second time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to play what was touted at the time as the killer app for the system. That was Bonk's Adventure. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. I mean, it's we played, you know, Sonic. We played Mario, um, all the big mascots. Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd, right? We <laughs> haven't gotten to yeah, the forgotten one. Right. We haven't gotten to Bonk, and he he had uh, quite a lifespan on the Turbo Graphics, and it's it's a good game. So let's do it. Yeah, I'm really curious about this. I uh, this is uh, one of those games that's on the Turbo Graphics 16 Mini. It's on the uh, PC Engine side of the menu, mm -hmm. um, and it's one that you know was, I remember about this game existing like back in the day. I remember ads and everything, but I didn't have a Turbo. Unlike the rumors on Twitter that you know us Californians had. TurboGrafx 16s, you know. No, you uh, had to be rich to have a TurboGrafx. I, I do know one that had this day. system back Wait, then, wasn't the so. joke that we got TurboGrafx at uh, the cafeteria line in schools? That's right. Right, right. It just, it just, yeah. you, you know, you could pick one up on the corner, and no, like this wasn't TurboGrafx wasn't that prevalent, and so um, even though the ads were, so I'm really curious to play this one. I want to see, uh, you know, how it holds up today. It's cool, cool, cool. And I, I love the, um, I love playing the TurboGrafx because it's just we play Genesis, SNES. Nintendo you know, NES so much that you kind of yeah. get used to the way those games look and sound and feel. But when you right. play the Turbo Graphics, it's kind of a different 
experience, right? And it's, it's, it's in between yeah. all those systems. And so I, I think it's neat just to play a game that feels and sounds and looks different. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for our Star Tropics episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to shove some bananas in your ears. For the Retro Game Guys, Zach and Alex, I'm Dustin saying stay well and game on. Until next time, friends. Opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.